We're looking at the series entitled The Supernatural Church. I want to say The Supernatural Church. Part one, we looked at accessing the supernatural life. We established that the way to come into this supernatural life is by becoming a child of God. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 1 it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Notice the person is born of God. Verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God. I want to say born of God. So we can see that we were born of God when we gave our hearts to Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, I want to say in Christ. You see, the person is in Christ. The reason the person is in Christ now is because the person was not in Christ. Notice the person is in Christ. If the man is in Christ, he is a new creation. In other words, he takes on the nature of God. Now he has God's divine nature and attributes. God's DNA. So the day you gave your heart to Christ, God's nature was implanted in you. That is why the Bible says in 1 John that he that is born of God cannot sin. Referring to the nature of God, the nature of righteousness, the nature of holiness that lives in you. Come on, say amen. So there is a nature in you and there's the nature of God. Say it is the nature of God. So God's nature is in the believer. So the believer does not struggle to live righteously. The reason why so many struggle with sin is because they have not come to terms with the nature. When you come to terms with the nature, the nature will just live through you. So you don't struggle to live for God. You don't struggle to live right. You don't struggle to please God. That is what religion offers. But that's not what true Christianity offers. Religion will tell you. If you do this and this and this and this. You will be accepted by God. No. You don't have to do this, this, this. To be accepted. All that needed to be done was done by Jesus. So religion would say do. But, the, but true Christianity says done. So when you come into the reality of what is done, the reality of what is done just begins to live through you. That's really what it says when it says he that's born of God does not continue in sin. Because there is a seed. I want to say there is a seed. There is a seed implanted in the man that just makes him live right. But is that everybody's testimony? No, but the fact that it is not everyone's testimony does not negate the truth. The truth is still the truth. Come on now, say amen. The truth is still the truth. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. I want to say no condemnation. To who? To them which are in Christ Jesus. You see. 
Condemnation is gone. Righteousness has come. Divinity has come. Come on, say amen. amen. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, I want you to understand, it is not given right there, the verses I just, I'm just reciting, are not verses that say, if you do this, you don't have condemnation. See, that's the way people interpret that. But that's not what it means. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. The reason there is no condemnation is because you are in Christ. Not because of verse 2. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The reason they do not walk after the flesh is because they are in Christ. Somebody's going to get it next week. No, today you need to get it today. The reason, listen, the reason why, the reason why there is no condemnation is because they are in Christ. And the reason they do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit is because they are in Christ. So it is not telling you that if you do verse 2, you don't have condemnation. It is telling you that because you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. And because you are in Christ, you walk after the spirit because it's a natural thing. Not something you struggle to do. You can take that to the bank. Praise God. Say with me, I've got God's DNA. I live for God. I don't struggle. It comes naturally. Praise God. This will change your whole life. This is how you need to start thinking. Colossians chapter 3. It says if ye have been raised with Christ. Raised with Christ. Raised with Christ. If ye then have been raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection or set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you have died and your life is hid in Christ with God. Yeah. Hey, that's what's available to the believer. Not all this struggle every day. Oh, Pastor God, well, I made a New Year's resolution. I'm not going to watch that movie anymore. Oh, I made a New Year's resolution. I'm not going to drink anymore. I, I made a New Year's resolution. I'm not going to smoke cigarette anymore. You, you don't overcome these things by willpower. You overcome these things by revelation of the nature. Oh, You overcome these things by having a revelation of the nature that you have inside you already. If a man is in Christ, he is a new special being. The old is gone. The, the old is gone. The things I love to do, I don't do any longer. Because there is a great change that happened in my life when I gave my life to Christ. Amen. Amen. So how do you come into this supernatural life? You come in when you give your life to Christ. So if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you are still natural.
But today you can become supernatural. Just let the supernatural God come into you. And this supernatural God will turn you into a supernatural person. That amen is very weak. Part number two, we looked at supernatural increase. And I focused on how God wants you to increase financially and materially. Do not believe the lie of the devil that God wants you broke. God does not want anyone here broke. Broke people don't help people. Um, Not really. God does not want you broke. God wants, wants you blessed. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 eight that God is able to make all grace, every favor. I like the way the Amplified Version, Amplified Classic puts it. God's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Amen. I want to say abundance. abundance. Oh, abundance. That's what God, God wants you to have abundance. Come on now, say amen. amen. He's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing. Notice it says earthly. Earthly, material, blessing come to you. How? A trickle, a drizzle, a deluge, a deluge. Not a drizzle, not a trickle, but a deluge. The windows of heaven open over your life. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Favor working in you. Upon your head, there's favor rating on it. Everywhere you go, they roll out a red carpet before you. Uh, They want to say, yes. They want to say, yes. They can't even say no. Others have gone there. They've said no to them. But when you showed up, the Bible says God surrounds you with favor as with a shield. So the favor of God is with you. Everywhere you go, God's favor will work. Come on now, somebody say, I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what God has for you. Not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Pushing it. I'm trying. Stop trying. Leave in the grace of God. Come on now, say, leave in the grace of God. God's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. That you always, I want to say always. Always having all sufficiency. I want to say all sufficiency. See, always, not sometimes, always having all sufficiency. You can see all, 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 all. Always, always having all sufficiency in all things. So what is there you don't understand? Why do some believe poverty is a virtue? That God makes people poor to teach them a lesson. I've never seen anyone that was taught a lesson about poverty. Poverty, (laughs) poverty don't teach you a lesson. In actual fact, there are two ways that God teaches his people. By his word and by the spirit. God does not teach you any lesson using poverty or sickness. Amen. Amen. To get rid of that religious lie. God wants you to struggle because when you struggle, you'll be humble. Sometimes you give money to poor people, they get upset because you give them what, less than what they were expecting. I remember giving money to a friend of mine. This was 
2010 in Nigeria, I could tell he wasn't happy. Hey, bro, this is my money. I mean, what's up with this? I gave someone money and you can tell on their face that they were not happy. They were expecting more. Have you given money to some people and they just, you could tell their attitude stinks, man. They were so upset because they were expecting you to give them a hundred, but you give them ten. And you say, that's humility. That's not humility. That's not humility. See, but when you are blessed, you're not looking to the hands of any man. Uh, God is able. Say, God is able. Tell your neighbor, God will provide for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on now, shout hallelujah. The Bible says in the house of the righteous is much treasure. Come on now, say amen. And my God shall supply all your needs. Not some, but all. Come on now, say amen. amen. All your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then we looked at supernatural nature. That was part number three, supernatural nature. Now, if you haven't listened to these messages or followed me on this series, I want to encourage you to go to riveristanbul.com. And you can actually download these sermons on your smart device and listen to them over and over again. We looked at supernatural nature. Part number three, you are a supernatural being. Tell somebody I'm supernatural. The Bible says that all of creation waits expectantly for the manifestation of who? The sons of God. The world is waiting for you to manifest. There's something that Jenk said. He said, someone's, do you know that someone's miracle is in your hands? Do you know that your breakthrough will affect someone else? Is that true? There's somebody waiting for you to manifest. There's someone waiting for you to display the power and the glory of God. There's someone waiting for you to walk into a room and the atmosphere will be charged by the glory and the power of God. Because that's what you carry. Peter and John said to the man who was sitting by the gate called beautiful. Look to us. Silver and gold I don't have but such as I have. I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ the son of God. I demand you rise up and walk. Men are waiting on you. It's time for you to manifest. Come on I say it's time for you to manifest. It's time for you to manifest this supernatural divine nature that you carry. You are not an ordinary man or woman. You are a man that carries the glory of God on the inside of you. And wherever you go, you bring the glory of God. The devil may be at work in the place. The moment you come into that place, devils begin to manifest. And the glory of God invades the place and the works of the devil will stop. That is who you are. Yeah. These signs shall follow them that are supernatural. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up snakes. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They shall lay their hands upon the sick and the sick shall recover. Come on now. Praise the Lord. There is this supernatural nature that you carry and that's the life that you've been called to live. You've not been called to live the low life. You've been called to live the high life. Hallelujah. That is the reason why in the island of Patmos, 
uh, sorry, in the island of Malta, when Paul began to fetch some wood for fire, the Bible says a viper stung him. And the people looked at him and they thought he would die. And they kept looking. They said, oh, this man must be an evil man. He escaped death on the sea. But yet death came calling. There must be something wrong. There were those who were superstitious. They believed in the law of karma. But no, 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 no. The Bible says seed time and harvest. Can someone say amen? So anyways, they said they were looking and they were hoping that Paul would drop down and die. But the Bible tells us that the supernatural life in Paul was at work in him. That even though the venom of the viper has been released into Paul's body, the supernatural nature drove that thing out of his body. And the Bible says they kept looking and hoping he would die, but he did not die. He went about his business after shaking the viper into the fire. It is time for you to shake off the thing that the devil has placed upon your life into the fire. Shake it into the fire and you will not incur any harm. Come on now, put your hands together and give God praise in the house this morning. And listen to these superstitious people. They looked at Paul and they saw nothing happen to him and they changed their confession. They said, this man is a God. This man, this man is a God. It is time for people in the world to begin to look at us and say, there is something different about you. There's, there's something you carry. What is it? What is it that's shining on your face? What is this you carry when you speak? There is such authority in your voice. When I look at your eyes, I see fire burning in your eyes. There's something about you. Everyone is complaining, but you don't complain. You, you always have this thing about you. Springs on your heels and excitement in your face and joy and, and peace. And, and ah, hallelujah. And then you shall say to them, because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Come on now, say amen. You can say for the life, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. That is what happened to John G. Lake in Southern Africa. When he went to South Africa and pioneered 550 churches in five years. That could not be natural. That was supernatural. And then the bubonic plague broke out and people were dying left, right, and center. And John G. Lake would go amongst them and minister to those that were dying. It was an infectious disease. But the man was not infected because he was already infected by the glory. You, when, you are infected, when you are infected by the glory of God, there is this infection in me. It's called the glory of God. It's all over my body. It's in my spirit. It's in my soul. It is in my physical body. It's running all over my blood. It's happening all over me. It's infection of the glory of God on the inside of me. That is the reason why when John G. Lake was ministering amongst those that were infected and dying, the scientists looked at him and said, what is it about you? It says, scoop the saliva from the mouth of that man and put it in the microscope. And they did. They saw the germs were wiggling. And he said, put, put that on my palm. And they put it on his palm. And they said, scoop that again and put it back in the microscope. And they did. And all the germs were dead. The moment they touched the man of God, they died. Because he was a supernatural man who understood what God gave him. Now, John G. Lake was not different. 
from every other person that lived in this day. The difference was the revelation he had of who he was. Come on now, say amen. When you become aware of who you are in Christ and what's available to you in Christ, the things of the world just begins to fall off. Demonic stuff just begins to fall. That's why you can go to bed and sleep well and the enemy will not be able to, to bother you. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Supernatural nature. That's what you carry. That amen is weak. You carry God's supernatural nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Part number four, we looked at supernatural healing and health. And then we looked at supernatural protection. I believe that's what we looked at last week, right? Today I want us to see something. This is important. Supernatural boldness. Oh, yeah. That's what we're going to look at today. Supernatural boldness. Acts chapter number 4, please go there with me in your Bible. Acts chapter number 4, we're going to read verse 13. And then we skip to verse 23. We read to 24. We skip to 29. We read to 31. Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter 4. If you have found it, say amen. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I want to say boldness. In your Bible, you can underline or you can, you can, you know, do something with that in your Bible if, if you have a paper Bible. Uh, <laughs> they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I want to say boldness. Their boldness stems from their relationship with Christ. Notice the Bible says they looked at them and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Jesus was not timid. Jesus was bold. And when you hang around Jesus, the boldness of Jesus will get on you. Amen. When these men hung around Jesus, something rubbed off on them. They saw Jesus and they saw how bold Jesus was. The Bible tells us that right here, when these religious leaders who were threatening them looked on their faces, they could see that these men were not timid, but they were bold. But their boldness stems from their relationship. When you have a solid relationship with Jesus, you will carry the boldness of Jesus. Come on, say amen. So when you truly know him, you will be bold in the face of anything the devil throws at you. You'll be bold in the face of anything the enemy does. Because it is not your boldness, it is the boldness of Christ in you. Come on now, shout hallelujah. They said to those men who were threatening them, are we to obey man rather than God? You can understand that they had such an amazing relationship with God that the threat from the religious men they could see face to face did not even face them. You see, when you are so aware of the presence of God, the presence of men don't threaten you. When you are so aware of who you are, when you are so aware of the one that's with you, you are not afraid no matter what the enemy does. Come on now, say amen. amen. 
So the boldness they had came from their relationship with the Lord. The Bible says the wicked runs when no man pursues. But the righteous is as bold as a lion. It is time for us to be bold. Things are, like I said, wrapping up fast. And the enemy is at work in these last days. But the church is not going to cave in. The church is not going to be afraid. The church is going to run with the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You won't be afraid. God has not given unto you the spirit of fear. But of power. And of love and of a sound mind, the boldness of the Spirit of God will operate in you like never before, beginning from today. I prophesied, if you receive it, shout a big amen. amen. Praise God. Look at verse number 23. It says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and, and the sea and all that is in them. Now, everyone say now. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, I want to say boldness, they may speak your word. You cannot minister in some nations if you are not bold. This is the reason why some people do not want to go to some nations. There are nations where it is, you, you need the boldness of God to be a minister. My brother told me this was years ago. He said, he said to me, I said, I believe in going to a place where no one has gone to. Because so many want to go to where everyone has gone to and everything is easy. But God will send some people to some places. And you need the boldness of the spirit of God to, plea, to stay in places like that and preach the truth. Sometimes you look at the people you're ministering to. You know you need boldness. Because sometimes they're looking at you as if they're going to kill you. Sometimes I look at the people that I'm preaching to. And I remember what God said to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, don't look on their faces. No, really, to be honest with you, you need boldness. You need the boldness of the Holy Spirit to do ministry in some places. And I'm not up here to be critical of any man of God or woman of God. If that is the place that God has sent you to, praise the Lord. Go there and do the work of, of the ministry that God has given to you. But I need you to understand that some places are tough. And if you would be a minister or a Christian in places like that, you need, you need the supernatural boldness of God. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. We deal here with a lot of people who come to this church, get saved, but are not able to boldly tell their family members that they are now Christians. Because if they do, they will be persecuted. That is the reason why so many have left because of peer pressure. So many have left because of societal pressure. So many have left because of pressure from the family. Many come to this place, they say, Pastor, or they tell one of our workers, don't put me right in front of the camera. Put me here in the corner because I don't want my family to know that I'm a Christian. There are places where conversion means death. Hope you know that. You need the boldness of the Holy Spirit. 
So if what I'm preaching does not concern you, then just shout for those it concerns. Come on now, say amen. amen. But I'm telling you, things are going down big, big time in these last days. Everyone that's sitting here today, myself included, we all need the boldness of the Holy Spirit. We all need boldness to live for God in these last days. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is at work. And if you don't know this, you've got something big coming and it would take you unawares. We all need to be bold. Come on, say amen. amen. We all need to be bold. Enough of all this wimpy, wimpy attitude where people get upset because pastor did not shake hands with them. I'm not going to that church anymore. Pastor did not shake hands with me. The usher did not give me my special seat where I have my, my, my print. No, listen to me. Things are gearing up for a big showdown. And so many have not been taught this kind of message. What they've got is what I call the gospel of comfort. They want it cozy, nice. You've got to be bold. I say you're going to be bold. Amen. You will be bold. Amen. You will be bold to confront the works of darkness. Amen. You will be bold if they say to you, if it's a matter of life and death, you say yes. Go ahead and, and, and bring it on. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's getting quiet on me this afternoon. Amen. I hope I'm in the river. Oh, I'm not here to preach doom and gloom. I'm not here to prophesy evil's coming. Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God's risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. What you see right there in Isaiah 60, it's, it's two parallels. I won't say two parallels. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That is speaking to the believer. Darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness to people. So if you think that things are going to get better in the world, I'm sorry. Things are not going to get better in the world. There is a plan. There is an agenda. And I tell you, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we know that we are the restraining force. But when we leave, all hell will break loose. All hell will break loose. You know the spirit of antichrist is around. So if the spirit of antichrist is around, then the spirit of antichrist must be at work in the earth today. Is that correct? People shall just, I mean, people just hate you for no reason. And you wonder why do they hate me? It's not just skin color. There is a demon that is at work in them. Come on now. I mean, we're talking about preaching the gospel. People don't, some don't even know how to do it. Some are shaking in their boots. I mean, if you were a soldier shaking your boots, you're, you're finished. If you know what I mean by that. A soldier with his gun shaking in his boots would not even know where the trigger is. But a soldier that's bold. A commando. How many of you saw that movie? <laughs> Rambo. Yeah. We need Holy Ghost Rambo men. 
Come on now, say amen. We need, we need Holy Ghost commandos. We need Holy Ghost special forces. You sneak up on the devil and you wreak havoc in his kingdom. Come on, say amen. We need mighty men. Come on, say amen. We need those men like those that were with David. Called the mighty men of David. One time they were nobodies. And then when God was done with them, they became David's mighty men. Come on now, shout hallelujah. God is at work in you. You're a mighty man of valor. Come on now, say amen. Women, don't be upset. I'm talking to you too. So when I say you're a mighty man of valor, I'm also referring to women. Because if I as a man is a bride of Christ, then you must also be a man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody shout amen. amen. Notice their prayer was not that God would take the threat away. They did not say, Lord, take the persecution or take the threat away. They said, Lord, give us boldness. Come on, say amen. amen. Don't take the threat away. Listen, the persecution will come. Threat will come. So it is wrong to say, Lord, take the persecution away. Take the threat away. No, you say, Lord, give me boldness. Come on, say amen. amen. Notice that's what they asked the Lord to give to them. Give us boldness that we may speak your word. And Lord, stretch forth your hands and let healing be done. And let signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's how we're going to speak the word of God. Not Intimidity, we're going to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. You see, when you study church history, the first and second century AD, believers in Christ suffered intense persecution. Intense. You know, people talk about Saul, you know, he eventually became Paul. Talk about the, the persecution. Uh, that Saul carried out on the church. But if you think about it, if you know anything about church history, Emperor Nero has gone down in history as the worst persecutor of the church. Terrible man. He was a madman. He was out to get the church. So he didn't want them to practice their faith. The first 200 years of the church, actually the first 300 years of the church, it was wave and wave of persecution. Emperor Nero was so wicked, he hung, the, hung them on the streets and lit them on fire. In actual fact, he used them as street lights in Rome. Hung them on the street this way, on the street that way. And lead them. I mean I'm talking about leaving men and women. And set them on fire. And they became street lights. Just like you have street lights on the street. Christians were street lights in the streets of Rome. What was it. That kept them going. In the midst of that persecution. What was it. Boldness. Supernatural boldness. 
You know that even when you do a study of the church, you discover that the more the church is persecuted, the stronger the church gets. Do you know that the church never gets weak under persecution? In actual fact, when you study history, you discover that weakness comes in when the church became comfortable. <laughs> the church that's persecuted is always praying. The church that lives in comfort hardly prays. That's the history of the church. Fact. That's a fact. So comfort can actually become your biggest enemy. Okay, I'm not saying go home and pray, Lord, bring persecution. <laughs> what I'm just saying is I'm giving you the history. I'm giving you the history of the church, the way it has been. It, the way it has been. And when you look into the world today, the church world today, you will discover the same thing. There are places where men are operating in such power and glory, but you don't hear about them because they are not on Christian television. While there are places where people come to church because of the light and the music and the state of the art equipment and the way the building looks. And so, in some of these places, the service have been cut down to one hour. Because they don't need power. You don't need power when there is no persecution. You don't need prayer when nobody's Right? So you relax. And that is the reason why things have been... Things over the years have taken the church unawares because the church, not the church, not the uh, glorious church, but the religious church has been living in a bubble. But when there is one wave after another of persecution, guess what happens? You leave circumspectly. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says to walk circumspectly as wise, not as fools, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To walk carefully. So the, the early church understood the importance of walking carefully. They knew the importance. The Bible even tells us that when when unbelievers saw them, unbelievers couldn't join themselves to the church. Because they held them in high esteem. Come on now, say amen. amen. If they needed boldness, we do. Oh my goodness, today the, the argument is about the rapture. Three schools of thought. Pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture. Which one do you believe? I've had some intense exchange with some people. I was talking with somebody the other day. This was over a year ago. And in the course of our conversation, he didn't even know that what he was explaining to me is his belief that the rapture 
or that Christians would, would go through the tribulation. I said, oh, you believe in Christians going through the tribulation? So, is that what I'm, yeah, that's what you're explaining to me. That's what he believes. There are those who believe that Christians will go through the tribulation. Now, let's just, let's just, let's agree with them that Christians will go through the tribulation. Let's agree with them. Let's, let's just agree for the sake of having a conversation. Because if we don't agree, because I believe in pre-tribulation rapture. I believe the church will be raptured before the tribulation. That's what I believe. I'm doing, I'm doing a series right now. If you follow me on my Friday live, uh, live broadcast, that's what I've been doing right now on Torchlighters TV. And, and I've been talking about how the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to the seven churches that were all in Turkey. Right? Preparing them for the rapture. Okay? Preparing them for the rapture. And I believe the Lord is preparing us for the rapture. Come on now, say amen. So I believe we shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet of God shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise up first. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. I believe the rapture will take place before the tribulation begins. That's what I believe. Now, I'm not forcing you to believe it. If you believe you shall go through the tribulation, well, knock yourself out. I mean, go through it. But, but here is what I'm trying to say. For those who say we shall go through the tribulation, I look at the way some Christians live their lives today, and I doubt they will make it. No, I'm, I'm just talking about there's no persecution now. And then they, uh, what, what will happen to them when they are required to take the mark of the beast before they can buy and sell? Because that's what the Bible tells us. Before you can engage in commerce, you must take the mark of the beast. If you don't take the mark of the beast, you cannot do business. You can't go to the supermarket. So if you can't go to the supermarket, it means you cannot eat. You cannot drink. Running helter-skelter, hiding and avoiding the authority. People say, now, you know, Pastor Godwell, we need to take the vaccine so that we can travel. Come, let me slap you. No, really, that's the problem. I'm dealing with that. With, with, okay, go ahead. See, what will you say when you can put food on the table for your family? You talk about persecution? This is what, what, what the world is going through now is a dress rehearsal. You talk about persecution? This is, a, this is a child's play. You can't eat. You can't drink. You, 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 who's going to even give you an apartment to rent? Huh? Let's go on a 21-day fast. Oh, my God. I cannot. I'm, okay. You can't go on a 21-day fast. You're going to go on a 50 No, because you want to go through a tribulation. So I'm just trying to show you what you will go through. 
you go on a 50-day fast because, and this will be compulsory fast. This is not going to be your desire because you want to seek God. You'll be made to fast. Are you listening to me? So what if we will go through the tribulation? Let's just say we will. What will happen? What will happen to those who take an offense and leave the church? What will happen? What will happen to those who just get upset and say, I'll never come back to that church? What will happen? What will happen to those that are inconsistent in their relationship with God? What will happen? Oh, do you think that is when you're going to gear up and say, now I'm ready? No, because all that would have got you ready, you haven't done. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand against. So there is something you do to get ready for what is coming. And I'm not even talking about the tribulation. But what if we will go through it? What if we shall go through it? What will happen? Where is the resistance that you have on the inside? Where is that fortitude and resilience in the believer? Where is it? You know, why I'm saying all of this is because, you know, when you hear people argue about these things, and then you look at the state of many Christians, you, you just realize that most people are not going to make it. But I'm not the preacher of good news this morning. I'm here to say that God wants you ready, not just for the tribulation, but God wants you ready for the rapture. Amen. He wants you ready. Living your life daily, walking in the spirit. Living a life that brings God glory. Serving God in spirit and in truth. Maintaining a consistency in your relationship with God. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. Living a life of fasting. These are spiritual exercises that get you ready. Like a man who wants to go to the Olympics. They don't just wake up one morning and go to the Olympics. Nobody will pick you to compete for their country. Correct? But if you will be chosen to compete for your nation, then you must put in the rigorous work that is needed to keep you in, in form and to keep you fit and in shape. You don't go to the Olympics to come last. You go to the Olympics to win the gold medal. And those who win gold medals at the Olympics, there is something they do that others don't do. There is something that no, there is something they put in that others don't put in. When others are lazing about, they are training. People talk about Tiger Woods, golf. People talk about uh, Michael Jordan, basketball. People talk about Lionel Messi and Ronaldo and all these guys that have distinguished themselves in different sports. But you've got to understand there's a mentality they have that others do not have. Throwing the ball in the basket. Throwing the ball in the basket. I mean throwing the ball a thousand times. Two thousand times. Doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. While you are sleeping they are doing it. While you are sleeping. And then you get on the court. And you expect to do what they do. Impossible. Because the day of the game. They will show what they have done in secret. What you will show is your big tummy. Because you have not been training. And so you have got this one pack. Instead of six. 
and things are running all over the place and in 10 minutes you're tired but they're running all over the court and they're not tired you wonder hey where is this guy getting all this stamina from well the stamina comes from the work that has been putting for months and for years before the tournament began practice makes perfect i'm preaching good say amen Oh, Pastor, are all these things necessary? Do we have to be, you know, doing all the fasting and praying? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, should we push the plate away? Yes, there are times you push the plate of food away and say, I'm, I'm praying. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The back people are just in the back. They are not responding to my messages this morning. Because it, it's all of these spiritual exercises that what? That gets you ready. And, and the boldness of the spirit of God will come upon you. When you stand before that opposition. You are bold in the face of it. And you can say I don't care what happens. If it means death then bring it on. Is that all you've got Satan? Because I'm not going to back out and I'm not going to cave in because there is such a boldness of the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Christians in the first two, three centuries were thrown to, it is believed, listen, they were thrown into the Colosseums in Rome and people will be cheering as they sat on the stands and, and for, for, for their own pleasure and entertainment as Christians were put in the Colosseum to fight gladiators. And they were, of course, they were not a match. Gladiators were ripping their flesh in pieces. It was even believe, it's even believed that they were thrown to lions in the Colosseums. What do you think kept them? Boldness. The wicked runs when no man pursues. The righteous is as bold as a lion. You're not going to be afraid. You're going to be bold. Come on now, say amen. Praise God. Have you heard the story of uh, Brother Un? Brother Un is the, is, is the, is the brother from China who under communist China was arrested and put in prison. You might have to go read his book entitled The Heavenly Man. And all the things this man suffered. They even said to him that they, they, wanted, they wanted him to betray the church. Like Judas Iscariot. And he said, I don't want to be Judas Iscariot. They wanted him to give information to the authorities about the church. Because you've got to understand that the underground church in China is not a new thing. Are you listening to me? They wanted him to give them information about the way the church operates. He said, no, I wouldn't be Judas Iscariot. I'd rather die than do it. They took his sledgehammer. And they broke his legs. Both legs. Stuck nails under his fingernails. 
What do you, no, when you go, if you go through that, what do you do? Boldness. This is not natural boldness. This is, I'm a man. No, this has nothing to do with being a man. This, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is supernatural boldness that only comes from God. I heard a story of the church in China that when they would finish service, the pastor would not tell them where the next meeting would be held. So he dismisses the church and says, we'll see you on Wednesday. But he doesn't tell them where the next service will be held. Because he had no idea if a secret police was in the service. The only people that will show up on Wednesday are those who have learned to hear the voice of God. The Lord will say, the address is da, 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 da. They will go there. Wednesday, the people come. Pastor is there. And everyone who heard the voice of God. How do you think, how do you think stuff like that happen? It's in quality time with God. And how do you think this boldness comes? It's in quality time with God. When you have learned to kneel before God, you will stand before any man. It's not a five-minute thing. Lord, bless my food. No, really. Sometimes the prayer is just about food. Well, bless my food in Jesus' name. Some don't even pray before they eat. Uh, that's another story. Uh, Lord, thank you for this morning. I'm about to go out. See you. <laughs> and you expect... <laughs> that kind of prayer. No, that kind of prayer would not produce the kind of power you need. Because that kind of prayer... Does not even produce enough power to blow your nose. No, you're going to spend time with God. God will become so real to you. Fear will leave you. Praise God. Lift your hands to the Lord right now, everybody. Father, we thank you. The boldness of the Spirit. That's what you've made available to your people. We are not those that draw back in fear. We are those that believe. Your word says in Ephesians 6. To be strong in the Lord. Not to be strong in myself. Not to be strong in others. But to be strong in you. And so Father today. We thank you for the strength of the Lord. Rising up. In your people. For your people are supernatural. Your people are supernatural. Each one that's born again here. Is a supernatural believer. And Lord even in these last days. We shall see. The supernatural boldness of the Lord. Operate. Rise. In each of us. There is no room for fear. You have not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Lord, I thank you that our minds are sound. No room for fear. I rebuke the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. We are bold. We are bold in the Lord. We are bold in the spirit. We are bold. We are bold in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we are bold, we thank you that we take new grounds for you in Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God. 
Lord, we worship you. Lord, we honor you. Lift your voice and just begin to thank him right now. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Lord, we worship you. Oh, Malet Nombre, Fatana Vita, the Nondri Sataya. Let the boldness of the Spirit of God rise. Let it rise in each of us. The Lord and the face of the works of darkness. We shall use the authority that you have invested into each of us. We shall speak and mountains shall move. We shall speak and devils shall bow. We shall speak and troubles shall bow in the name of Jesus. Let that boldness rise. Let the boldness rise. Let it rise. Let it rise in each of us. The Bible says when they looked on the faces of the apostles, they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Father, we thank you that as we begin to spend quality time with you, that the boldness of the Spirit of God will rise up on the inside of each of us. We shall not be timid. We shall not be afraid. The world might be facing all kinds of calamity. But your word says the glory of the Lord is rising upon us. And so Father, the church of Jesus Christ will walk in glory in these days. And Lord, everyone here, I decree, I declare over them. They shall walk in your glory. Not in fear, but in glory. Not in fear, but in boldness. Not in fear, but in righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name.